Welcome to this Running Good Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Barber. And on this show, I have conversations with the heart center leaders behind the brands, organizations, movements, and communities intentionally created to spread good. And today's episode, the the entrepreneur, the leader, the founder, his company actually has good in the title. So I thought it was the the perfect fit. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear from today's guest, Adam Coons. Before we do, Adam proposed something in this episode where there's a part of his company and you will hear about it, but it's a, he presents a simple, a simple question of what are you grateful for? But he really talks about how profound that that simple question could be. So he got my wheels spinning and in this time of year, it's the holidays and about to start a brand new year. And so it was kind of like a very simple, but the perfect question for me to reflect on. And my answer is simple, but I wanted to extend um, and share it with you guys that I am just so incredibly grateful for all of you, for the love for season one, the the shares, the excitement, um, for listening and for cheering on all of these incredible leaders that we are highlighting this season. Could not do it without you guys. And I'm just incredibly grateful to have you along for the journey. Um, I hope that these stories have inspired you, served you, and um, really just given you maybe the, the courage to to go after your dreams um, in 2021. And that's really my, my hope and my prayer for you is that 2021 is full of big dream chasing, um, courageously sharing your story and just just boldly going after what what you want to create and um, hopefully serve the people that you want to serve. So thank you guys so much for, for being here. Again, it means the absolute world to me. And that is my answer to Adam's simple, but not so simple question. Um, all right, Adam Coons, he is our guest today. He is amazing. I cannot wait for you guys to, to hear this episode. There are so many little nuggets, um, for any of you guys with an entrepreneurial spirit, anyone with a give back spirit in them, uh, which is probably most of you. So let's, let's jump in a little bit about Adam. Adam is an entrepreneur and outdoor enthusiast and has a passion to bring service into everything he does. This passion sparked after a semester at sea experience during college, and that's a hundred day cruise around the world where Adam's eyes were open to different cultures, ways of living, and what it means to truly give to others. After working for the man, as he puts it, post-college, he decided to travel the U.S. in an RV, trying on a concept that maybe, just maybe, he could create something special by bringing groups together, doing things that he enjoyed doing, and pairing it with doing good for others. Some twists and turns later, have fun, do good, which is his company that we're going to talk about, was birth. Adam's hope is that he and his team's efforts will allow others to realize the opportunities to volunteer are endless and that service can be fun. In this episode, we talk about how volunteering overseas at an orphanage sparked a passion to create experiences for others to give back, how he navigated working for the man while bringing his dreams to life, how a cross-country road trip in an RV birthed the idea for his current company, how starting with the resources you have is more than enough. Building a brand by representing what it means to volunteer. How leaning into the things that you love, like snowboarding in Adam's case, can create opportunities to give back. That's right, it is possible. The magic that happens when you bring people together from all walks of life. 
He calls it the ripple effect and what he believes the future looks like for the travel industry post COVID. I'm really excited for you guys to learn from Adam's story. It's truly inspirational. And for me, it lit a fire and excitement to travel and explore outside again, hopefully very soon. All right, let's jump in on this episode of Spreading Good. Here's Adam Coons. Adam, welcome to Spreading Good. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I first heard of your company, Have Fun, Do Good, through one of my friends. Her Instagram is Ponytail on a Trail, and I just remember her telling me, pack your bags. We're going on this awesome national parks trip with this really cool company that does outdoor adventures, but then also pairs it with a really cool like volunteer element. So once she told me about your company, I've just been so intrigued since, and I'm just really excited to to jump in. Before we jump into your guys' mission and all the crazy, cool, fun stuff that you guys do, I want to hear a little more about Adam, younger Adam. So take me back. Have you always been into the outdoors? Have you always kind of had a heart and a passion for volunteering? Take me way back. Where, how, how far back do you want to go? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty loaded question. I can go back really far, but I'll, I'll spare you that. Um, I think from an early age, you know, my parents have instilled in, in my siblings and myself to give back, you know, as much as you can and volunteer. So that was really important growing up. Uh, I started a, trying to think of like the trajectory here. I, I went on a semester at sea in college. So we circumnavigated the globe on a cruise ship, 100 days around the world, and that just opened my eyes up to like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> it's a big world. There are some amazing places to see. Yeah. Um, and we did a volunteer project at an orphanage that Mother Teresa started. And I talk about it a lot. And you know, I've been on a couple podcasts now. And uh, that was such a heavy experience for me. And I'll, I'll never forget it. Uh, and that so traveling, giving back, um, I know there was a passion for it. And it was just trying to figure out a way to to make that happen? Uh, could, could it turn into a business? So uh, when I graduated college, I worked for for the man. I had that traditional corporate job. I hated it. Um, the summer before that, I had met um, what, which became my, my, what became my roommate, um, but we did a volunteer project in New Orleans post-Katrina. And it was always in the back of my head, hey, can we do something here? So I remember coming back from work one day and I was like, hey, Andrew, what do you think about uh, taking an RV across the country and doing some volunteer work. And that was really the start of this business around traveling and giving back. Wow. So cool. So real quick, take me back to semester at sea. That is, I, I didn't get to do that in college, but from what I've heard, it is an incredible experience. You guys get to go see so many different cultures. What exactly, when you say it was kind of a defining moment in that orphanage, in what way was it defining? How did it shift you? Yeah, you just get to see so much in a short amount of time. And I guess I, I consider myself to be a, like a very thankful person. Like I definitely count my blessings. Um, going to to India and a lot of the other countries we, we went to, you know, you see poverty at a whole new scale. And I vividly remember going into this orphanage and we were just there to to give attention to the kids there. We sat on this dirty floor. There were a group of six or seven of us. And the kids were just so excited to have someone pay attention to them. And this little kid, uh, he had no arms, no legs. And he just had like the biggest smile on his face. And we were honestly just sitting in a circle, like not very big. I mean, they were just coming up and like touching us. And it was like, 
wow, this is, it was so heavy. I had to walk out. Like I just couldn't, it, it, yeah, it was, it was a lot to handle. And, uh, so yeah, that was, that was, uh, I mean, I get like choked up even talking about it just because I'll never forget that moment. And, uh, it definitely instilled in me this, uh, passion for wanting to, to provide experiences for people to get back. Mm, wow. I have chills just, just listening to it. So, um, that that's incredible. And so after that trip, you said you got a job with the man, what yeah. were you doing? Uh, I think my, my position was a job developer. Um, I was helping folks on, on welfare, find employment. I didn't know I was a communications major. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Um, you were 22. We're all like that at 22. I went to some job fairs and they were the first person to hire me. I'm like, I'll take this. Yeah. And I was there for about nine months. And I think two months into that position, I came back to the apartment one day and was like, Hey, Andrew, let's, let's take an R. We, we made a handshake pack. I was like, let's take an RV across the country and, and do some volunteer work. So I think I spent um, out of those nine months, like six months, just building the what, what became a nonprofit. So cool. So you end up with this RV project, you, did you quit your job and then it was a nonprofit or was it like? No. Yeah. I had no intentions of it becoming a nonprofit. I, I quit my job and my parents were extremely supportive. They're like, Hey Adam, you know, we'll, we'll help you however we can. Um, Andrew and I raised 6,500 bucks or so and bought this piece of crap RV. Um, just, just through different friends and networks. Uh, this was before all the crowdfunding sites were out too. So we were just really scrappy about it. We knew we wanted to do this trip and, uh, yeah, we made it happen. We, we fundraised, we got the RV and we planned a 30 day trip across the country. 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. 30 days. And what was the plan for this 30 days? The plan was to volunteer as, as much as possible with as many different organizations. Uh, being that Andrew and I met in New Orleans, we knew we wanted to go back there. Uh, so that was extremely important to us. I think we ended up spending six days or so in New Orleans and, and doing more uh, Katrina work. Uh, but yeah, we we started in Pittsburgh, drove to New York City, and then we drove you know all over the country and ended up in, in San Diego. That's too cool. So you did all of these volunteer projects did they all have a similar theme it varied yeah i mean we were working with uh you know elderly special needs kids um disaster relief efforts environmental issues we were just really trying to give ourselves a different range of of volunteer opportunities you know stuff that we couldn't necessarily do in pittsburgh and were you pulling other people and inviting other people in or was it mostly you two on the ground doing this volunteer work we we invited a bunch of friends but no one wanted to do it. They're like, oh, I can't, I can't commit for 30 days. And Andrew and I were like, let's just do this thing. And we brought a, we had a camera with us and filmed this super jank documentary. <laughs> I think it's on, on YouTube or Vimeo somewhere. But um, yeah, I mean that, that jank documentary led us to starting a, a nonprofit, you know, out of that, that idea. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Usually it's kind of jank. I think that's what we go back to and call it. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it was it was it was sweet. <laughs> All right, so you did this thirty day trip and shot your jank video. That if you don't want me to include in the show notes, we won't. But no, oh, yeah, you can you can share it. It's like forty five minutes long. Awesome. Um. All right, but then and then you make it into this nonprofit. So how what was the process between getting back from those thirty days and deciding we want to make it into a nonprofit? Yeah, we, we finished the documentary pretty quickly and we reached out to schools, 
churches, like any anywhere, like anywhere that would let us show this documentary. And when we started showing it at colleges, students were coming up to us afterwards saying, hey, how do I sign up for this? And Andrew and I were like, ah, oh, like ding, ding, light bulb, yeah. you know, do we, are we on to something here? And uh, yeah, we came up with a name. We called it the call to serve because S-E-R-V-E. And our plan, we didn't really have a plan. It was just like, hey, we know that we need to get another RV. So we rented one. We kept, we kept the one that we had and we spent, I don't know, six months planning for that following summer and sent out our first crew and got our 501c3 status and we were off to the races. Wow. And so was it always just straight volunteer base? Was that kind of where it started? Like how did the outdoor element come into this? Yeah. So um, we ran the call to serve for about four years. We partnered up with some really amazing companies. American Eagle was probably the biggest company we we partnered with. They sent us on a college campus tour. Um, Andrew and I, unfortunately, we, we went our separate ways. Um, and yeah, so it, it was a wow. I mean, that was like the first iteration of travel and volunteering for me in in a business sense. Um, but I took a I probably took a six year hiatus after call to serve before I I landed on have fun do good. Oh, wow. Okay. So what were you doing during those six years? Yeah, so I started a company, a, a business in college. It was called Rewind Memories. And I digitized outdated media. And I just did it for extra beer money. So I would you know, take people's VHS tapes and convert them to DVD. Um, I got a 1-800 number and <laughs> just like acted like I was way bigger than I was. And I would just offer a free pickup and delivery service in Pittsburgh because I was doing this out of my dorm. So I was, you know, I was doing pretty well with that. And after Call to Serve folded up, I thought, hey, maybe I could I could do this thing, but do it at scale. Um, so I, I took a pretty big gamble and, and opened up a retail location that led to another retail location um, 10 employees and yeah, six, six years into that. And I sold the company in 2015. That's so cool. Where was this yeah. located and what was it? Can I ask, what is it called? What was it called? Yeah, it's called Rewind Memories. I, I, I stuck with the name. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I like the business marketing side of it, the branding, I didn't like the process, so I had a really good team in place to handle the actual conversions. Um, but the, the the passion just wasn't there, and it was a good time to to exit. So sold it, and in, in the back of my head, I was like, "What am I going to do next?" And I was thinking about you know traveling, volunteering. Is there a way to to make this work? And yeah. So after that, is that when Half Fun Do Good was birthed? It was it was birthed. We 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 gave birth. My friend Ben and I we gave birth to have fun do good. We um, this was right after I sold Rewind Memories. We took a road trip to Washington D.C. and New York City. Again, it was just like very spur of the moment. We wanted to get out of the town, out of, out of Pittsburgh, and, and just do something different. We set up a couple volunteer projects, and I had met Ben. He was our first photographer on our call to serve trip. So that's how Ben and I met, and we had stayed in touch over those six, seven years. And we did this amazing weekend trip, came home and we're on the drive and said, Hey man, like we had fun. We did good. And, uh, like, wait a sec, have fun, do good. That's, that's kind of a cool name. So I remember, you know, he was, I was driving and he's getting the Instagram handle, the website. And yeah, I mean, there was no, I didn't think it was going to become what it has become. We were just doing it more of a, a passion project and let's see if we could, you know, make a run at this. And, 
yeah, so we did weekend warrior trips for a while and and then that spun into these national park tours and international trips and and here we are. Tell us more what has it become? Tell us more about the trips and and really what have fun do good is today. Yeah, so we were running uh they were called weekend warrior projects trips and we were just doing them with our friends to start and we'd just go up to DC we'd go down to DC up to New York City it was just a 3 day trip and uh we did our first we thought hey let's let's take a gamble here and go out to uh the southwest and do Zion and and some other locations out there and market this so we had a partner in Tucson Arizona she found us on Instagram we partnered up with her and we had 14 people sign up for this first trip and Ben and I, I mean, we had never been to these places before and we had 14 people, you know, it was, it was the, the price was amazing. Cause we knew, you know, we gotta, we gotta get our feet wet here with, with going there first. Yeah. Did that first trip and we're like, okay, we're, we're, we're onto something now. And, uh, yeah, we've continued to add more locations. Um, yeah, you guys are all over national parks, Costa Rica, um, all over the U S it, it's, it's so much fun. I got to come on a trip one time. Do you find that most people that come on these trips, are they most excited about like you guys to curate these events for them? Or is it because they're looking for the, the volunteer element? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, we've been very transparent with who we are as a brand. You know, we're not offering this immersive volunteer experience. You could, you could do that. You know, you could sign up and go volunteer for five days with a company and, and maybe get one free day. We we don't do that. We want to lean into things that we like. We like giving back, but we also like having fun and going out and partying, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so I think the way that we're marketing it and, and just staying true to who we are as, as people and a brand has, has really helped us out. And you said something on your website that, and it just took me by surprise that there's, I think 90% of us want to volunteer, but only one out of four of us do. And I was just curious, since you're in the space, why do you think there is that barrier that we're so nervous or something to volunteer? I, yeah, I don't think volunteering is the the sexiest term. You know, I mean, we've, I've been at this for a while in the volunteer space. And, you know, even as a kid, it was like, oh, okay, you know, we're going to go down to the soup kitchen or the homeless shelter. I think people just think of volunteering and in that context where like, that's the only thing that you can do. And, and that's, that's not necessarily true. You know, there are tons of organizations that need help. Uh, you could, you could volunteer in, in really unique ways. So for us, it's been about building a brand that, that accommodates that and not makes it sexy, but at the same time, like traveling is amazing. People do want to give back, but you know, a lot of these nonprofits, local nonprofits, they want a, a commitment from you, you know, Hey, I want you to come, you know, at least three or four times a month. And a lot of people, they just can't do that with work schedules or whatever it may be. So, you know, the fact that we're able to go to these bucket list locations, incorporate this give back component as well, I think, uh, you know, really sets us apart. Are you guys finding very unique opportunities to volunteer? Yeah, I think we, you know, we've, we've built some really cool relationships over the years. And, you know, for example, we do a, a trip to Breckenridge, Colorado. I love snowboarding and, and that's always been you know, an important part of my life. So figuring out how to give back with, with skiing and, and, and snowboarding. So we partnered up with the Breckenridge outdoor education center and, uh, they, it's an adaptive ski and snowboard program. So, you know, blind skiers, blind snowboarders, and we, we go there for a day and assist their full-time instructors. And it's such an amazing experience, you know, and you, you wouldn't think that 
oh, I can go to Breckenridge, Colorado, this amazing place and, you know, give back and then, you know, ride for two or three days and hopefully get get some good powder. But yeah, there, there are just some really cool things that you can do. So, I, I, you know, that's just one unique example. That's cool. I lived in Colorado for three years, definitely been at Breckenridge, and I might have to add that to the list because how how amazing. I didn't even realize that that was something you could do. What do yeah. you what do you feel like for you personally when you go to Breckenridge and you have this experience? What do you most gain from that experience personally? I think for me, it's seeing people come together. You know, um, there's there's this you know unplanned good that happens where you get folks together from all walks of life and conversation starts and the people that that come on these trips they're coming for the right reasons so i think you know yes you're coming on the trip and you're going to give back and you're going to meet some new people but the 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 ripple effect is is we like to call it after the trips you know we have a lot of folks that that go back to their hometown and try to seek out similar volunteer opportunities that they they found on the trip. Um, I've I've gotten to be friends. I, I have so many new friends from these trips, I and mean, we have text threads going, and it's amazing. And then our retention rate of people that sign back up for our trips, I and mean, we're a smaller outfit, we're at around a seventy percent retention rate of people that sign up for one trip and end up coming on a second, third, even fourth trip with us. So for me, you know, being the the organizer of these seeing people come together for good is, is pretty amazing. And I don't say that to be cliche. I mean, it's, it's just a really cool experience and to see it from, from afar is, is really cool. I love what you said. I think you called it unplanned good. What, what happens when you bring people together? And I just love that because I think I've experienced it as well in some of the nonprofit and even for-profit companies that I've worked for. I, I call it magic because I seriously think it's unexplainable, but I, I love that you touched on that. I am curious because your company has an element of getting people out of their comfort zone. You're taking them to national parks and then volunteering as well can be pretty uncomfortable, even if you're just meeting someone new. So um, that's, it's, it's crazy. And it's cool to me that you guys have kind of found this, this formula that works. Did you, was that something that you were familiar with before or something that you kind of stumbled upon as you continued to do these trips? Not necessarily. I mean, we, we know the kind of trip that we'd want to go on. And, you know, there are a lot of travel outfits. You could go to G Adventures, Kentucky, and um, they have a, a different feel and a different cause and purpose, whatever. That's, that's totally cool. But um, I think we've created something that we would actually go on. And there's, there's something special about that. And, and we don't want to change who we are. You know, we, we do want to scale this to, you know, quite a large company. And I don't think we're going to change who we, who we are as people. And we want the trips to, to be the same way. You know, we want you to feel like you're hanging out with, yes, I guide all of the trips with my friend, Ben. We want you to come on the trip and feel like, oh, I've known these guys for years. You know, they're, they're super cool and, and we could hang out and we could talk about anything. And, um, you know, hopefully as we grow that, that doesn't diminish. I love that you touched on that because I, I think that because everything is so visual these days with social media for entrepreneurs or anyone wanting to start anything, we think that we have to conform to what everyone else is doing. But really the most successful ventures I've seen is when it's just an extension of who you truly are. So I, I love that you, that you pointed that out for us. Okay. And we've talked a lot about the volunteer side of things. When you guys do the adventure outdoor side of things, what are, what does that entail? 
Yeah. So from a volunteer perspective, it, it really depends on where we're going. Our national park tour, for example, uh, we fly into Vegas. It's just a really easy meeting point. Um, so we volunteer in Vegas with with Clean the World, which is a really cool organization. And I don't want to get like too far into the weeds about what these organizations do because your listeners should just sign up for a trip and, and see for themselves. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, so we we volunteer with Clean the World, and then we do a volunteer project with the uh, National Park Service in Zion, and and it really ranges on on what they it's based on what they need at that time. And like when you go into Zion, are you guys camping and hiking and all of that fun stuff? That we're not camping. We we learned early on um, <laughs> our first trip. We tried to do like way too much in a, in a short amount of time, and we camped in the Grand Canyon for a night, and we logistically it was a nightmare um we're you know we're appealing to 25 to 40 year old person that that has some some disposable income and we stay in in nice places you know we're not sleeping on couches or which is fine you know like if you want to go camping that's that's cool i like camping but for these trips we, we try to we try to hook people up with some bougie places I like it yeah uh, avoiding lo- logistical nightmares is is probably step one Good job. Yeah. Um, what are some other roadblocks that you came into? Uh, you said the first trip you kind of partnered with somebody and we're like, oh, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to go do it. Um, what was kind of some of the the things that you had to go through to now be able to host the way that you do? Yeah. I mean, that that fake it till you make it mentality was was really strong on that first trip. Um, you know, for us, it's always been about just providing really good customer service and making sure that people that are paying us are, are taken care of. So I think that's that's number one. You know, that's been paramount to our success is making sure people are having a good time, um, making sure they have everything they need. And it's led to, you know, amazing reviews. I think we're at over 50 five-star Google reviews. And I'm like, I'm like nervous for that four, three or four-star review when it comes. And, you know, inevitably it's, it's going to, inevitably it's going to come just because you can't, you can't please everyone. But that's been our, our main thing is just, being accommodating and putting on a killer experience. And then, you know, since we've done that first trip, we've been to Zion, I don't know, 10, 15 times, you know, like we know that place in and out now and we feel confident going there, you know, same with some of the other locations we've been to, like you go there once you feel comfortable and then, and then you just go from there and you put on a a killer experience. And you said that you guys are pretty established right now, like in, in the trips that you're doing, but you got bigger goals and dreams. And, um, I want to hear more about that. Where, where are your visions? Tell me as much as you can on where you guys are headed. Yeah, we had big plans for 2020 and we got quickly sidetracked, uh, because of COVID. I mean, it, it sucked. We had, uh, investment money lined up. We were really ready to grow this business and, and make it our full-time job. And unfortunately, uh, Old old Kobe had different plans for us, so we're just in this this weird holding pattern right now. Uh, we had five new locations that we were adding, and we don't know when we're able to you know put those on the itinerary. Is it going to are people going to be confident in 2021? Is it going to be till 2022? We we really don't know. Uh, so we're going to continue with our national park tours, we're going to do our Costa Rica trip, kind of our bread and butter trips. And we're just going to gauge how people are feeling about travel. Uh, if we feel like confidence is, is there, we'll continue to unroll these trips, but we've definitely had to shift our, our mindset this year because it went from grow, grow, grow to what do we do? You know? And right now we've, 
I don't know, it's probably been two months since we've really posted anything even on our Instagram because you're trying to market travel and tourism during a time where you know certain people are really afraid of this. Some people aren't. And for us, we just made the a collective decision as a team to just just pump the brakes for a little bit. You know, we're here. We're not going anywhere. Our audience is still there. When travel does come back, it's going to come back in, in a fierce way. And, and we're going to be positioned to, to crush it. Hopefully. Yeah. No. Yeah, you are. I think we're going to be excited to get the heck out of our homes soon. Yeah. So and see beautiful things and actually connect with with people again. Um, what are some of did you guys stay engaged at all during this time or was the was the choice to kind of be be silent a little bit and just recoup and and see where you guys could go from here yeah we, we kind of went silent a little bit to be honest with you um just because we didn't really you know we we make our money by by trips and we also had launched a new well we we had launched this concept a couple of years ago. It's called drink beer, do good. We partner with breweries across the country. We have a local host and we make sandwiches for, for homeless shelters. So part of our 2020 initiative was to really blow up drink beer, do good. And we had 20 events on the board all across the country come February. And then once COVID hit, you know, we had to cancel everything. So it was tough for us. I mean, emotionally, it's tough when you put so much time and energy into something and then just to see it like you just physically cannot go to a brewery and do this anymore. You know, and that, that's been the hardest part about this is like it's so out of our control. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been tricky, but I don't know. We're going to put our head down and and just just keep keep trucking along. But but yeah, we very much I feel like we've we've went silent almost as a brand. And we're not we're not closing up shop or anything like that, but you know you can only get so many emails saying, "Hey, I need to cancel my trip," and like crap. Yeah, it kind of deflates you a little bit. You're like, "Hold on, hold, please, let me catch my breath right. a little bit from all this." Yeah, because people that have postponed to 2021, you know, it's tough for us to put out new locations when we're just going to be playing catch up in 2021 for people that have already paid for their 2020 trip. So who knows? We're, we're just figuring out as we go. Yeah. And I was, I didn't realize that you're not, so are you not doing this full time? Do you have something else on the side as well? I do. I do a lot of consulting work. Um, I've done that since 2015 after I sold my business and you know, that that's, that's where I, my income comes from. So the, the, my goal though for 2020 was to go full time with this. Awesome. Yeah. I just get I get curious because I just feel like on Instagram, we hear all of these stories of either you have to be all in or completely out. And there's not a lot of stories of like people, entrepreneurs balancing and you have an entrepreneurial spirit from sounds like day one. So what is your, what's your thoughts on that? Just with balancing, obviously the consulting works for you. What do you think? Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of up and coming entrepreneurs that, that reach out and, you know, ask for ideas or whatever it may be. And I don't think you need to quit, you know, your full-time job to follow a passion. I think there's this weird cliche around like hustle, 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 quit your job, quit, you know, like you got to make money, you got to pay your bills. So I think you need to, you need to, you know, when the time is right, you'll, you'll know it. And, and lucky for us, we didn't go all, all in, in, in 2020, you know, I, I didn't quit. I didn't drop all of my clients, you know, I'm still making money, which had I gone all in in 2020, I would have been screwed right now. Um, 
but yeah, I, I do think it's 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 a balance, and it takes time to figure out how to to balance those things out. I will say, you know, I'm I'm fortunate enough that when I sold my business, that you know, I, I made money doing that, and I was in a unique position to, um, you know, take some time for myself and and figure out what I want to do, and slowly build up my consulting clients, and and that's been been steady for me. So you know, there are a lot of people that are sitting at a desk, and they have to be there from nine to five or whatever it may be. So it's it's a little more difficult to to start something in, in that position. I think something though that to take from your story is that um, whether you're able to take that space or not, if you're doing it on the side of a nine to five, is it takes time. Like you started something, there was a six year gap, and then you started something again, and you still have something on the side, and you've just been, you know, slowly and surely and very intentionally, as I can see, um, just building this. And like you said, when it is the right time, you'll know, and you'll be able to to jump in full force, and uh, we'll be rooting you on the whole entire time. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it is. It's definitely, uh, it's been a lot of work, you know, but I, I've always just been kind of intrigued by different ideas. And I think execution is is the main thing. You know, if I were to give any advice, it's like ideas are a dime a dozen, but I think it's folks that execute. And even if you fail, like at least, you know, but just, just do it, you know, like Nike. <laughs> It's kind of sound. It sounds lame, but honestly, it's like I talk to so many people that have ideas, but no one wants to pull the trigger. And what do you think we're most scared of? Why are we not pulling the trigger? I don't know. Failure, I think, is 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 a main thing. I think it's a confidence thing as well. You know, there's not this roadmap for starting a business. You know, you can get online and you could pay a fly by night, you know, Facebook ad guru to tell you how to launch your business. But honestly, it's a joke. I think like the, the, the main thing is um, just just doing it. You know, you learn so much by starting your business. I was having a conversation with with Ben, my one of my top dudes and, you know, the the co-founder of Have Fun Do Good. And, you know, we were just saying like everyone should have to take a business class, you know, whether it's in college, some, wherever it may be, you know, where it's just like you have to do this thing. You have to, you know, come up with an idea and go from X to Z and see it through. You know, I, I, you learn so much from doing that. Like if the whole semester was just, you need to come up with either it's a project or a product or an idea and like see it from beginning to end and actually like launch it into the world, whether you follow through after graduation or not, that's fine. But yeah, I think that would be awesome. I always argue my brother's still in college and I'm like, you're, you'll learn so much in the real world. Like just when you like get your hands dirty, uh, just wait. And I think he's just like, I can't stare at another book. I want to actually be able to like learn. And I just think it's so much more accelerated when you get in the real world and, and yeah. just do it. So right, awesome. I, I love that. Um, Adam, I absolutely loved having you on today. I do have one more question before, before I let you go. Um, you've created so many business, but have fun, do good is really what we're, what we are focusing on today. And it's obviously impacting so many people that go on the trips. And then also people in these communities that you guys are volunteering to help and, and to impact. But I'm wondering, how do you feel that it has most impacted your life to choose to start a business that has a um, impactful model to it? Yeah, I think it all comes down to to purpose. I think a lot of people are looking for, you know, what's what's the meaning of all of it? And for me, there's just been a drive around. Yes, I'm passionate about traveling. I'm passionate about giving back. Um, so that's been the main thing for me. You know, with Have Fun Do Good, it's it's this weird 
I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of tough to explain because there are so many times where I've been like, this can't work. You know, we can't, we can't grow this thing. And I always just keep coming back to it because I go on a trip and that, that fire, you know, you could just, you could just feel it. It's like, Hey, this is, this is something special. You know, we've had so many meaningful experiences with, with people, you know, I could, I could talk about them at length and think back to those. And no matter what this becomes, I, I, we got, we have, we're going to have some amazing memories from it, obviously, but there's, there's impact here. And I know that we could, you know, we could really scale this thing and, and continue to impact more people. But yeah, I think it all just comes down to purpose and feeling like I'm giving back in, in some form or fashion and I'm doing it in a unique way that, that speaks to me, that speaks to who I am as a person. Sounds like you've been staying true to yourself through and through, which is amazing. And then obviously leaning on a, a bigger purpose, a bigger why of why you're bringing this to life. Can you, I know I said I just had one more question, but you sparked something in your answer in me. Um, do you mind leaving us with one of the amazing stories that you're speaking of that that leaves you fueled to continue to go? Yeah, we had, we were in Breckenridge, Colorado. It was our first trip experience to Breckenridge. And we had a couple actually from Denver come up for this trip. And I won't mention any names, but uh, her and her husband were having just a really hard time getting pregnant. And she had gone through a couple of miscarriages. And every night around the dinner table, we do group dinners together. Uh, we do what are called thankfuls. And we just go around the table and it could be, you know, you're thankful for the food we ate or you're thankful for something maybe more meaningful. And for her, um, you know, she, she broke down saying, I'm so thankful for this trip and this group of people because this has been such a hard year for us. And I needed this, you know, I needed to be able to go out. I needed to go have fun. I needed to be around people like you guys that are just who you are and, and that's okay. And, you know, it was, it was, it was really emotional. And I remember, you know, Ben and I talking after like, man, that's heavy stuff, you know, and it's, it was all done through this simple, what are you thankful for? You know, so you hear about what other people are going through and their struggles and, you know, it puts things in perspective. So I would say that was one of the more meaningful. I mean, there, there are a ton of other meaningful experiences, but that, that one came to mind uh, pretty quickly. Well, I have body chills, so it was, it was a great one to share. I really appreciate you sharing that. And I think it just points to that magic sauce that, um, you guys have, and then obviously just bringing people together. It's it's simpler than we think. I think we complicate things. So that is so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for coming on today. This has been amazing. I'm excited for everybody to hear more about Have Fun Do Good. And I will leave all of the ways that they can get in contact with you guys and adventure with you in 2021 in the show notes below. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. If you guys were inspired by Adam's story and all of the amazing things that he is building at Have Fun Do Good, share this episode with a friend, a family member that is the easiest and the best way to support the show right now. And it would mean the absolute world to me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Spreading Good. I'm your host, Jenny Barber, and I will see you next week. 